Thanks for joining the Money Happy Hour, where we make every hour a happy hour for your money. I'm your host, Tom, the Savings Captain. And of course, I'm joined by my producer, Radish, the hardest working dog in podcasting. Hey, in this episode, we are going to talk about VU versus VTI. Oh, and spoiler alert, today we are going to reveal Radish's new investing portfolio, what she's investing in, how much, and what her goals are. So stick around. If you're new to the Money Happy Hour, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. And of course, we greatly appreciate it. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and leave a five-star review. Well, today will be the last episode we, we record in 2023. We'll be back with new episodes January 3rd. And January 8th, we'll get back to our weekly conversations with just great investors like you all out there. But I just want to take a moment and Radish want to wish, we want to wish you a great Christmas, great holiday season, and a happy new year. And we appreciate everything that you've been doing, communicating, and participating. Radish really, Radish and I really enjoy it. So let's go ahead and jump in. Vu versus VTI. So let me back up for a second. I know not all of us speak the language of stock symbols. So VU, when I say that, that is the Vanguard S&P 500 fund. When I say VTI, that's the stock symbol that the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund, or ETF, trades under. So what are those two? Let's, let's not jump in and assume we're all on the same page. If you've got VU, you've got the S&P 500, the S&P 500, those are the 500 largest companies in the United States that are publicly traded. Let's look over to VTI. Just as the name implies the total stock market fund, it has the total U.S. stock market in its portfolio. That's right, 3,800 publicly traded companies. It's got the large caps. It's got the mid caps, it's got the small caps and everything in between. So which one is right? Well, I don't think I can tell you that. I'm going to go ahead and give you some facts about both of them, a little bit how I think about it. And hopefully, if you have any questions, you can help use it, make a decision on what might be right for you. So what really got this whole topic going for me are two things. One setting up Radish's portfolio. I was looking at investing through the through the eyes of a new investor, a first-time investor for the first time in almost 30 years. So that was that was one bit. The second thing that really got me looking at this is uh, we're in the process of doing some major rollovers with our retirement accounts and I started thinking, do I want to go a little bit more VU or do I want to get VTI? So I started digging into it, researching a bit, and it did take me back to almost the same questions I had close to 30 years ago when I started investing. I remember the same the same questions, and 30 years later, I still have the same questions about VU versus VTI, but I've made my decision. It might not be your decision. I'll get into more of that in just a little bit. So let's compare like how they're similar first. So if you have... VTI, 
you have 86% of VU because the 500 large cap companies are in it. So it's that other 14% exposure that you're picking up. That's what's that's what's going to go to the mid and small cap market. That just shows you to me the scale. The 500 largest companies are almost 90% of the U.S. market. The other 10%, let's do the math. That's the remaining 3,300 companies out there. So that helps me think through it and sift through it a little bit. Like, am I going in VU? Am I missing out on something big? Or if I go to VTI, am I missing out on all the action in the S&P 500? Well, not really. There's a lot of overlap. That 86% is pretty good overlap. And this gets really technical and gets analytical. But the correlation between the two historically has been 99%. So it's not like you're getting something that deviates really big from performance-wise from one another. I know you're probably thinking, you, you probably know this, but let's just take a look at it. If you don't know it, really good to know. Expenses matter when it comes to investing. Expenses will really drag down your total returns. This is not a Vanguard commercial. It's just the fact. So the expense ratios on both the VU and and VTI portfolios, exactly equal, 0.03, three basis points, however you want to say it. Translating that, not going to cost you much. Three basis points on a portfolio is basically almost you're getting free professional money management in a passive portfolio. So that's the good news. And I'll turn back. I'm talking very Vanguard specific here personally because that's what I've used. That's what I know. I worked at Vanguard for 13 years. Fidelity has some really good offerings out there. I hear there's a company called BlackRock. I think you can apply almost the same logic to other proprietary products held by other companies. So I'm just using Vanguard for this example, but you can apply it how you like. So let's go into another thing. I think sector... Being in the right sectors is important, but another thing I really like to pick up with a broad-based ETF is making sure I'm getting right to the, I'm getting exposure to the to the sectors I want to, and because the ball moves around quite a bit in the market this year, essentially seven seven companies ruled the world uh, for most of the year up until recently, but the ball moves around the court quite a bit in investing. So one sector runs hot, one sector runs cold. And it's important to have that exposure to different sectors. If you think you can time not just the market, then sectors, power to you, God bless you, go for it. Most of the people I know put their pants on one leg at a time and cannot time the market nor sectors over a given period of time. So the exposure to sectors, again, almost identical. Let me look at a couple of different different sectors. Technology. VTI, 30% of the portfolio. VU, 28% of the portfolio. And that makes sense, right? There's probably some smaller companies out there in the mid cap and small cap that VU, the S&P 500 is not picking up. Healthcare, almost a dead push. 12.6 for VTI, 13% for VU. Financial services, VTI 10.5, a little bit more to VU. 12.6%. Consumer discretionary gets really in favor of VTI, 14.4% versus a little over 10 for VU. 
this is also really interesting. So what are the top holdings? You'll look at the almost identical top holdings. They're both Apple, Microsoft, Amazon. Those are the top three in both portfolios. So I know, folks, you see where I'm going. This didn't make, when I started looking at this, it never makes the answer the answer really any easier for me. That's just, those are some of the facts. They're just that similar. Well, let's look at performance a little bit more. So if you're looking at trailing performance, you know, this is 10-year performance. VTI, 11.15%. VU, 11.77%. Pretty close. The yield on the portfolio, I mean, you're not buying these for pure dividends, but the stocks inside them, of course, they're going to they're gonna kick out annual dividends to you. And VTI is 1.42. VU is almost identical, 1.45, just three basis points more. Um, so, so far, I'm just telling you things you probably either knew or very easily could have Googled <laughs> search for yourself. The Morningstar rating on VU wins with a five-star rating and VTI wins with a three-star rating. So when I got to that point, when I was looking at it again, I was like, whoa, boy, that I was surprised to see that big of a Morningstar rating. Why is that? And I remember when I started investing, uh, VTI was really more on top of the world than VU. Well, here's an interesting fact. Vanguard didn't even come out with VU, the S&P 500 ETF, until sometime during 2010. Um, VTI was actually Vanguard's first ETF offering. Um, so I had to think back on that for a while. Um, I was there. I remember when that was rolled out and <laughs> Mr. Bogle was not a big fan of ETFs. He was afraid people were going to day trade him. Mutual funds were good enough. One price, one price daily. You can't trade in and out of them. Perhaps he was right, but I think he was wrong a little bit because this got even more people investing, in my opinion, and at lower expense ratios. But I started thinking, I was like, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, I remember hearing a lot more about the Vanguard Total Stock Market Fund, that that was uh, just as good and maybe a better choice. But something happened along the way, it feels like in the last five years and why that's changed. So remember how I said VU has produced a 10-year average return of 10.77 or 11.77, VTI 11.15. I started looking at the year-by-year comparisons and I I charted I charted the yearly performance of VU versus VTI and almost wrote it down like a win versus loss. And this is what really stuck out with me. And this is why I think there's so much, you always hear a lot more people talking about VU than VTI, at least I do. And this is it, recency bias. This is it. So I looked at the last seven years. I only compare 2011 going forward because those are the first years we have comparisons of both portfolios. But 2011 going forward, this was interesting to me. So out of the last seven years, Guess which portfolio outperformed? You guessed it, VU. So I did it like a win, a win loss. So out of the last seven years, VU is six and one, and VTI is one and six. Well, we're not talking about playoffs. Uh, teams trying to make the playoffs here. We're talking about something bigger in portfolios. 
personally, I think a six and six out of seven year outperformance of VU that that's what did it for me. That explains why VU is talked about a lot more. So what happened before prior seven years ago, it was 50, 50, you got a three, three out of three. And folks, I'm not talking about big differences. I'm generally talking about 1% or less where each either perform portfolio is outperforming, but the outperformance of VU has been a bit more dramatic. Why is that? You guessed it. What we said earlier, the 500 largest companies have outperformed mid caps and small caps. Um, this has been one of the longest droughts I can remember in that space uh, with the exception of 2020, which was a pretty good year for mid caps, especially most years that um, it, it, it's been tough sledding there. Are you tired of feeling lost in the world of trading and investing? Get informed and inspired with the Talking Trading Podcast. I'm Louise Bedford, and I'll help you navigate the markets like a pro. Tune in each week and subscribe now at talkingtrading.com.au or on your favorite podcast app, or check out the link in the show notes. Talking Trading, this is how traders excel. So before we jump into Radish's portfolio, let's let's look at if you invested $10,000 in VTI 10 years ago versus if you invested the same $10,000 in VU 10 years ago, because let's face it, money matters. So if you invested $10,000 in VTI today, you would have $28,780. And in VU, it bests it a little bit, $30,470. You know, an interesting thing there, we talk about returns matter. There's only been about a 60 basis point difference in returns over the last 10 years. But what does that translate to? That difference in returns, investing in something that maybe has a higher fee or producing a lower return, just that difference of 60 basis points over $10,000 over 10 years, that's like an 18 that's close to an $1,800 difference in your pocket, in your portfolio. So it, expenses do matter. All right, before I'm going to, I'm going to wind down the VU VTI conversation just a little bit, just my thoughts on there about what I did, how I think about it, and probably to share what some other people are saying about it. And hopefully you can go, uh, Think about it yourself and to see how it might fit in your portfolio. But let's to what we all tuned in for today. Let's meet let's meet Radish in her portfolio. So we all know Radish is the hardest working dog in podcasting. And we all know that hard work is just not enough. We've got to be smart with our money. So Radish has started a portfolio. She is investing. And she is investing in a portfolio. She is going to I almost think of Radish's portfolio. It's going to be an ETF that tracks my portfolio or tracks me as an index. I'm going to run her portfolio very close, very similar to how I run mine. Everything we buy, we're going to buy with a long-term intention. So there's no swing trades. Um, 
I go 80% index, we're going to start her 70% index, 30% individual stocks. And everything we buy, we're, we, we buy something today, we're thinking, do we want to own it in 2033? So that's going to help us kind of riddle out any of the individual stocks that maybe we just don't have that. If I don't think I want to own it in 2033, I might not want to own it now. So that helps rule out a good 90% of the universe of stocks as we think through it. So the whole reason I'm doing this, and I have loved doing this exercise, it is, it has really, it has been so much fun because I've been able to see the investing world. You get blinded after a while. If you do, if you do something long enough, you don't see it through the eyes of a beginner. This silly exercise has helped me see investing as if I were a new investor again. So that's one of the reasons I'm doing it. The other reason I've always wanted to be transparent with my portfolio. And there's a couple of reasons I don't do it. Um, one is there is a degree of privacy. Some of us older guys are like that. Um, I, you know, another fact is I don't necessarily see the benefit of a portfolio that maybe has um, what I would say uh, achieved its growth. Now I'm more still growing, but looking for uh, just managing my capital. The other thing, and it's funny, just before I recorded this, I got a direct message from a friend, and this is a big reason. I worked in the financial services industry, and I had to get involved in a lot of fraud cases where accounts were taken over. And I've been very hesitant to share what I own, well, specifically where I own it. I gladly share what I own, but I do get hesitant showing where I own it and how much. And this is the reason. Fraud is real. I've worked on a number of account takeover cases where a fraudster gains access to an account. So if I tell a person how much I've got, where I've got it, you can pretty much figure out my name just looking online. Follow me on X. It shows the first name. But if, if you're good, you can figure out my last name. And I'll say it right now. It's it's Hirsch. So I got you. You got my full name. You now know where I invest, what I'm investing in, how much. And then also, you can figure out where I am. I'm in the Charlotte area. You've just given a fraudster the keys to the car. They still have to crack the code. But the last firewall is a person in a call center, a call center where a person's going to say, yeah, this is Tom Hirsch. I can't, I'm having trouble logging in. I just bought Kava the other day in bingo. Accounts reset. They got the account. If I'm asleep at the wheel, they got the account. It gets shut down. And a few weeks later, maybe I get my money back after jumping up the hoops. Ah, long story. I know you didn't want to hear that, um, but I just want to share my thoughts on it. But with Radish. Let's talk about Radish. 70% her, of her money is going to be in ETFs, the other 30% in stocks. This portfolio, I'm going to share amounts. I'm going to share what we're doing, what we're buying, what's on her list, and then we go from there. So Radish has done a great job podcasting this year, has earned a whopping sum of $400. We've got Radish on a She's going to consistently invest. She's going to be a systematic investor. And every five or every week, she is going to put in $25 of her podcasting money and then invest it. So that's the approach. That's the amount. That's what she's doing. That's the approach. Let's take a look at what she's owning. 
So this is going to be Radish's universe. Let's look at the ETFs first. She is going to go $200 into VTI. She's going to go $80 into SCHD. That's right. You heard me, VTI, and I'll explain why in a minute. So that's $280 in ETFs or 70%. The other remaining money is going to go across a basket of stocks. And this models my portfolio almost exactly. A couple of differences. There's one or two holdings that I still own them, but I necessarily wouldn't buy them now. But she is going to own, this is virtually my portfolio. She's going to earn Coca-Cola, Starbucks, Uber, Kava, Duke, Old Republic International, Walmart, Apple, Costco, Hershey. And where she is going to go different is she is going to take a position a long-term position in Tesla instead of my, we talked about it. She wants Tesla over Meta. We own, my wife and I own Meta, but we have this $19 cost basis on here and just can't pull, can't get Radish to pull the trigger on that up at 3.30 or whatever it is today. So that's it. So let's take a look at Radish's portfolio. We started doing this on Friday. This is a Monday recording. What has she got? Um, she's only invested $55 of it so far. Um, I will get the ETFs either bought today or tomorrow. But this is what she's invested in so far. Hershey's, she's got 0.05 shares of it. We'll probably buy a little bit more of that today because she went in at just 186 on Friday and it's down at 181 now. So we'll add more to that position. She's got Coca-Cola so far, 0.09 shares. Old Republic International, 0.346 shares. Starbucks, 0.21 shares. Walmart, 0.06 shares. So she's invested in five stocks so far. Um, I'm having trouble with the Costco purchase. I saw that trading up at 671 this morning. And wasn't that just like, it seems like two weeks ago, just breaking 600. So don't want to time the market, but that might be not be the position we rush right in and buy today. Uh, heck, it's up probably 25% since the earning call. But the others will just get around in buying. She's going to be a long-term winner in these port and holdings if she holds them long enough, we hope. And so far, with just $55 invested, she is making herself some passive income while she's sitting over there, sleeping across the couch. She is going to produce on this portfolio of just the $55 invested, a 2.5% yield, an annual income of $1.39, and she will earn $0.19 cents during the month of December from her holdings. What a great start. We're going to follow this every few weeks. I'll bring up Radish's portfolio and fit it in and won't make it as long-winded as I did today, but just wanted to show it from the show it from the start. So do me a favor. If you like what you're hearing so far or have questions, send Radish and I an email. You can reach us at the savingscaptain at gmail.com. You can learn more about Radish's portfolio. Share more about her, share more about your thoughts and uh, what you find helpful in this program. And then finally, let's just go back to VU versus VTI. So last week on X, I sent out a question, a simple question. What would you rather buy, VU 
or, or VTI. And here are some of the responses I got. I think a lot of these kind of said them all. So we talked about VU. It's part of a larger portfolio. If you have a larger portfolio, maybe just go with VU. If you have a single holding or a smaller portfolio, VTI might be the better option because you get more coverage. Well, doggone it, that's exactly what we're doing with Radish. That's why Radish decided on VTI. She can. She only has twenty five dollars going in every week. She wants. She wants exposure to a broader market. It fits her solution a little bit more. Um, some people said uh, they have both. Nothing wrong with that, right? I guess you can own a Toyota and a and a Honda. There's no nothing, no rule against that. A person said flat up, it's a tough call. That says it best to me. It's always been a tough call looking at those two. Um, I think this is interesting. It's never been my interest, but if you want to write options, maybe spy could be a better option. The spider, because um, it's easier to sell options or calls from a premium standpoint. <laughs> this is funny. I think a wrong answer. Just own Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. I own Bitcoin, but neither Radish or I are going to sink all our money in one, one of anything. Um, this person said they like to voo, vig, and vug. That's pretty good. And finally, the last comment was this. Just flip a coin. Well, I hate to put someone's long-term investing over a coin flip, but I think the main thing, whether it's voo or VTI, the most important thing is you start. Again, it's the start. I think you finish well in either place. So that is Radish's portfolio and a little bit of a teaser on VU versus VTI. If you want to talk about this more, love emails, love getting DMs on these topics. Just please contact me. My information's in the show notes. And folks, again, happy 2023 and let's bring in 2024.